everyone. Welcome to the Rice Historical Review Podcast. My name is Jordan Tillinger, and I'm here with Melissa Carmona, and we'll be your hosts today. In this podcast, we'll be discussing an important topic, rice and its response to the coronavirus. While we will reference some things that happened both before and after these dates, we primarily focus on the rice alert and two emails that our current dean of undergraduates, Dean Bridget Gorman, sent out between the dates of February 29th and March 12th, 2020. We want to preface this talk with the fact that we understand it may be hard to look back at these emails and think about the times and events we missed. However, we also believe that it is important to document what happened, especially as Rice had its very own coronavirus case, so that future generations can look back and see how one of its leading educational institutions reacted to this pandemic. At the end of the day, we also want to provide encouragement and hope through this time of uncertainty. The coronavirus cannot truly separate or isolate us, and we hope that everyone will come back stronger and more unified after our time apart. So setting some background, um, prior to the flurry of coronavirus alerts that would ensue in a short amount of time, there were still many precautionary measures taken by Rice in response to COVID-19. So before, in the early stages before COVID-19 really became a pandemic in the United States, in January 23rd, um, there was the first confirmed case in Washington, and this was sent out via a rice alert. On January 29th, rice suspended all university-sponsored travel to China and advised its students and faculty to avoid non-essential travel to China. And then on February 3rd, there was a rice alert that sent out a survey that wanted to know anyone who had recently traveled and says that people who traveled to China or were in contact with someone who had the virus and were showing symptoms should seek medical attention. And with that, let's discuss the email that informed us about Rice's own coronavirus case. The first coronavirus alert took place on February 29, 2020. Um, This email marked the beginning of the quick turn of events that would soon ensue over the two weeks and would eventually result in the online instruction for the rest of our spring semester. Important things to note about this email are, one, we were informed that we had a possible coronavirus case on our campus and Rice employees and students were quarantined as a result. Two, this was the first email instituting an international travel registry. Rice never did institute a domestic travel registry, but it specifically created an international travel registry as a precaution. And finally, number three, the crisis management team said they would send out another email regarding the coronavirus situation within the next 24 hours or sooner, which leads us into the very soon next alert on March 1st. Uh, This second coronavirus alert was sent less than 24 hours after the first one informing the student body of the possible coronavirus case on campus and provided lots of new information that wasn't in the first email. Firstly, the person who had possibly contracted the virus was a research staff member who had come in contact with a possible COVID-19 case. In fact, Rice never confirmed whether or not the person the employee came in contact with ever tested positive for the virus themselves. The crisis management advisory committee mentioned the research staff member was only on campus February 24th and 25th, and they had no direct contact with the undergraduate population, and they had never entered classrooms or the residential colleges when they returned from outside the country. Now, this arose many questions. While the new information did relieve many students and parents, it did not specify what country the research staff member had traveled to, or who specifically they were in contact with, or what areas specifically they were in contact with. Again, this raises the question of what exactly was Rice's responsibility in giving us this information, and what their possible motivations were for withholding it from us. 
Also, the alert elaborated on the people who had been quarantined as a result of this positive COVID-19 case. Specifically, 17 people, all of which were either faculty, doctoral students, or staff members. Finally, the Crisis Management Advisory Committee ended the email saying in regards to the coronavirus, there was a low risk on our campus. And now, on to the next coronavirus alert, which came on March 3rd. In this alert, Rice suspended all international spring break trips, all international travel for students and faculty travel to countries on the CDC's restricted list. This alert actually came during the time of my LPAT, and at the end of the class, I heard a number of my, of my classmates mention how sad they were that they could not go on their spring break trip to Cuba, or how they could not participate in an international mission trip. So this alert also informed the student body that the research staff member had been tested for the virus and they were awaiting results. However, on a more positive note, this was also the first message where the crisis management team offered encouragement, saying, we remain a strong community that is driven by our support and care for each other, end quote. And we would receive other alerts with the same sentiments in later days. In the fourth coronavirus alert on March 5th, the crisis management team informed us that the research staff member had tested positive for the virus. However, they also said all 17 people in quarantine were asymptomatic. Oh my goodness, so much bad news and yet good news in those two sentences. They also reiterated information that had already been sent out in previous rice alerts, like that the research member had only been in one building for two days and assured the student body that they were working tirelessly to sanitize the building, uh, alongside the fact that they were working with proper health organizations in Houston. The email discussed the possibility of suspending campus operations or classes, but said they had not planned to do so at that time. To me, it's still crazy to think that three days later, on March 8th, they canceled an entire week of school, and then exactly one week later, they moved to online instruction for the rest of the semester. It's interesting to see how quickly this situation developed, how fast the virus's impact had an effect and changed our lives. But at the same time, we trust and know that this too shall pass and everything will return to a new normal. Meanwhile, the next alert followed on March 6th. Moving on to the fifth coronavirus alert, which was in tandem with Dean Gorman's email this, that same afternoon. This email is the first mention of the building where the research employee was, which is Tech Hall, a well-known Rice building. You know, I, I'm willing to wager that most students have taken an exam or been in a class in Tech 100, part of Tech Hall, or having at least visited it during O Week. Exactly. This is a building where many members of our undergraduate population have been in contact with. Um, however, we do know that the research staff member never entered any classrooms and that tech was sanitized multiple times. We were also told that the employee never used the university shuttle. Nonetheless, classes in tech were relocated until March 11th, the day when the quarantine ended out of an abundance of caution. Rice also banned all university-sponsored international travel for students, postdocs, staff, and faculty through April 30th. And if faculty wanted to appeal for professional reasons, they could go to the provost. The rest of the rice alert was, for the most part, affirmations. Less than an hour later, an email was received from Dean Gorman, 
She reported again that those in quarantine were still asymptomatic and promoted healthy hygiene habits. She also stated alcohol and beverages does not kill the virus, so regardless of what you are drinking, do not share your drink with anyone else, and reminded the student body that drinking games are not permitted per the alcohol policy, calling for their avoidance and for overall student sensibility. She also kindly shared a list of 24-7 hotlines for insurance and medical purposes. Additionally, she created a survey asking about student health and travel needs and stated there were no current prohibitions on public activities. One thing we have to keep in mind is the fact that school bike was canceled just two days later. That's how quickly this coronavirus situation developed. The sixth coronavirus alert informed us that classes would be canceled from March 9th through 13th, quote, out of an abundance of caution, end quote, and to give faculty and staff time, quote, to prepare for possible remote instruction this semester, end quote. In this email, they said, during the week of March 9th through 13th, faculty can provide material that can be completed remotely and does not require group interaction, end quote. However, this was later nullified. When I received this email, I was personally in Fondren studying for an exam I would have the next day. Uh, so reading this email, again, it brought a lot of questions to me, what would happen to the exam. And I know that many uh, others in the undergraduate population felt the same way. Personally, it was shocking seeing everyone else in Fondren get the alert at the same time and kind of go up and socialize one another and see what this would mean for the rest of the week and the rest of our spring semester. It's important to note that this alert also canceled all on-campus public events, gatherings, and parties with more than 100 people to minimize contact among large groups of people, according to the CDC guidelines. This meant that many parish events on campus were canceled, such as the President's Town Hall and Beer Bike. Meanwhile, this alert also mandated proper hygiene methods for gatherings of groups under 100 people. All indoor varsity, intramural, and club athletic events were still permitted. As a side note, the alert also informed employees traveling domestically to avoid larger public gatherings and practice proper precautionary hygiene. This was, a, this was the first warning to avoid larger crowds in public outside of Rice. We received another Rice alert late on the night of the 8th as well. This also seemed like the first social distancing reference throughout the entire email. Um, and this email also explicitly mentioned CDC's precautionary health measures. Now comes the seventh coronavirus alert, which would in fact cancel all exams and did not permit assignments to be due during March 9th through 13th, saying that exams and assignments are exclusively scheduled to March 23rd or later. This would later be pushed back even further to March 30th. In the eighth coronavirus alert, the crisis management team told us that the infected staff member was under medical care and all those in quarantine remained asymptomatic so they could return to work as they had reached the last day of quarantine, symptom-free. The alert also stated that Rice intended to resume classes after spring break, but said the situation could change. And boy, did it. Two days later, the situation would in fact change in a very, very major way. This alert also included how U.S. public officials are moving focus from containment to mitigation in a main tool for strategy of mitigation of social distancing, a phrase that will become very popular in the later days. 
Inside the folder as well was a message from the provost to the faculty in Spanish and English links to a questionnaire to those concern with concerning symptoms, neither of which had been done previously in these alerts. And finally, Dean Gorman's message on March 12, 4.02 p.m. for classes removed online for the rest of the spring semester. From now on, we would meet for class primarily on Kaltura, Zoom, or whatever digital interface the professor preferred. Not only that, but all students who had left campus were strongly encouraged not to return, and those in Houston were encouraged to return home and remain in Houston in their off-campus locations for the rest of semester. Now, because students were strongly encouraged not to return, this called into question many logistical aspects, including how students were to move out their stuff in a timely fashion if they were already new on campus. Thankfully, Dean Gorman addressed this issue in her email, writing, We are arranging for pods to be delivered near each residential college for storage for of a limited amount of personal belongings. She also said that, moving forward, our residential college government and support system, such as our RAs and magisters, would coordinate and assist in the transition. You know, one thing I really found interesting about this email was the fact that it mentioned that epidemiological studies have shown that it is challenging to prevent the spread of disease in residential university settings due to living in close quarters. One of Rice's most distinct and appealing features actually can increase the chance of coronavirus transmission, which saddens many of us, like having to leave our, our home, in a sense, our home away from home. All ASU rope and spring break trips were also canceled in the interest of public health so students could prepare to leave and return home in a timely fashion. All intramural and club sports were also canceled, postponed, or permitted to be held remotely. Now, I just want to reflect for a moment uh, the work that went into all the student organizers that planned not only these events, but events like Rondelay and Deer Bike, um, and just take a moment to appreciate all their hard work, which would eventually not come to fruition because of COVID-19. By March 25th, all undergrads able to leave campus and return home had to do so for the rest of the spring semester. Afterwards, the administration would restrict access to only those who had explicit permission to remain on campus. Dean Gorman said that reasons applicable for petitioning for staying on campus after March 25th were immigration, travel, or visa restrictions. The fact that a person's home country is currently on the COVID-19 level three restriction list. If a student's home country had extremely limited internet connectivity, or if the student had housing insecurity or, or precarious living situations. Finally, Dean Gorman had a kind closing, sharing how these students are all valued, and she especially expressed her sadness for the seniors. She wished us all the best, and with that, that brings us to why we're all working remotely, why there was no Deer Bike 2020, why we're even recording this podcast via Zoom, as opposed to in the DMC, which is what our setup would usually be. That is not to say we're alone, isolated, or separated from the Rice community, deprived of our beloved residential colleges, classes, and the Rice Fellowship. Our colleges and fellowships have moved things online. What's Lovett been doing, Melissa? In much of the same way, our support systems have also been moving online. Um, we conduct interviews for leadership positions online. Our meetings have been moved online. We rely on our group chats. Um, Discord servers have also been created. 
just things to keep the residential college system in place even while we're all socially and physically isolating from each other. I know from a Will Reiser perspective, we're still having our student, student government meetings, which we lovingly call diet. And we're working on other ways to keep our colleges connected. I've personally FaceTimed friends and participated in teaching fellowship meetings via Zoom. And it's really nice to see that the coronavirus cannot sever our relationships or break our communities. We owls are resilient and rice fight never die, especially when fighting for our relationships in our communities. With that, we offer encouragement to be strong in the midst of these trials brought on by COVID-19 and to know that this will come to an end, this time of staying away from each other and that we will come together once again. And hey, you never know. It could be a rice owl who finds the cure to this virus. Wouldn't that be great? So there you have it, a recollection of rice words beginning in early January to Dean Gorman's email communicating the shift of classes online for the rest of the spring 2020 semester. We don't exactly know what the future holds from us now when we're recording this podcast on April 4th, but we want to convey a message of hope. We also want to thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to check out the Rice Historical Review virtual edition coming soon, alongside picking up your hard copy when you return to campus, whatever that may be. In the meantime, check out our other podcast and short film pieces at ricehistoricalreview.org. Thank you for listening, and remember, we further the future by promoting the past.